I'm Kiara. I'm Erin. And I'm Carter. And we just three black folks who love true crime. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. What's up, Killer Bees? Hello, hello. Hey, y'all. We're back. Welcome to our first Current in Crime episode. Yeah. Actually, we've done one before. Oh, yeah, we have. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, first official after this new template, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I remember. I was scrolling here because <laughs> I was like, I feel like we've done this. But yeah, this is the first one of the new the new format. Oh, okay. cute. Yeah, I like it. On this week's episode... There were so many theories. Like someone said it wasn't him. Somebody said it was an implant, like a someone said it was a prosthetic. That's what it was giving. I think it was him. I just think that, like, a lot of people were like, this just proves that you really are just a corny-ass nigga. Because, I mean, it's got some length to it, I'm sure. Yeah. Once it gets hard, it got some girth to it. Yeah. So, you're, you know, conventionally attractive, you're rich, you're famous, you got a sizable penis, and still nobody wants to fuck with you. Nobody wants to. Yeah. <laughs> they probably get in the bedroom and hit at Toronto accent. <laughs> Please. And what I don't like is if the business is true. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm like, you know what? Um, my period just started. I'm so sorry. <laughs> not just, not like just felt the drop. <laughs> Damn, I just feel so uncomfortable right now. My period. I gotta go. <laughs> Someone no. said like, why is it still soft? Because they were like, no, you know, it. Yeah. Like, just in there playing with it, like just swinging it back and forth. That's not seems like a laffy taffy. It's a wee wee. Put a wiener ice cream. No, stop playing with me. <laughs> it does get big wee wee. Oh, oh my god, that shit was so. I've been dying. Oh this my god, I've been dying. This would have been time. I mean, you know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not shocked. I mean, of course he has a big dick. Of yeah. course. It, ma- it makes so sense funny. now. Yeah. Because I thought he was lying. Because of, of his attitude. Oh, did it just go out for y'all too? Uh-uh. I thought I was tripping. Did it go out for you? It yeah, went into my left ear. Yeah, into my left ear. Okay, that's good. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, See, here's the thing for me. I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is part of a larger conversation about niggas not knowing how to show their dick off. Like, they don't know how to put no oil on it. They don't know this how to... This is true, though. That yeah. is true. And this is why nobody enjoys the dick pics. Exactly. That cis men say. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. they just be basic and ashy. Yeah, basic and, and ashy. weird. Why are you around. holding a remote next to it? <laughs> and a Febreze can. Now I'm not I'm gonna touch your remote when I come over. Like, What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of things happening. No, real, it's just too much. It's the same thing with nut videos. So a lot of people know how to do it, how to do it. But like, like, oh, <laughs> <magic>. <laughs> I should tell everybody. Don't believe me. I'm like, never, I'm never beefing with anybody. I'm never talking bad about anybody. That ever sent me a nut video because I love it's you. Fair. Like, it's um, fair. Just call me whenever you need me. Especially with a little bone thrown in. Oh! <laughs> what are we talking about? Right. Talking about? <laughs> we got off track. We got really off track. Okay, okay. Let's okay. get into this crime. Well, I want to, to review how current crime works because I'm not naming no names. I once saw a comment in reference to this podcast. Well, they didn't name us, but it was saying that the hosts are literally reading directly from the article. That is how we do current and crime. Yeah. So if you came to this episode looking for a story or researched story or our summation of articles, that's not what we do for current and crime. We no. read from the article and then we discuss it. So mm-hmm. set your expectations there. And that's yeah. how we've been doing it from the beginning. So I really don't see how else we're supposed to 
Do it. We can't research everything. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's impossible. Let's research something that happened six years ago. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I the time, the focus, or desire. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit of breaking the fourth wall. In order for us to do a full episode, we have to find stories that have enough about them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to not do stuff because there's only, like, half an article. And mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing, but there's, like, nothing that... There's no... Nothing out there for us to, like tell y'all yeah mm-hmm. and we're not professional researchers we don't have the time or speaking for myself the skill set yeah it's not saying because we literally just do this we so. do more research than 99 percent of these pockets <laughs> i don't know if i'm saying that enough right <laughs> <laughs> we do a little research we do a little digging <laughs> anyway i know for me it's like we have to read from the article because otherwise it's just a key like and we really do want to put the information out there yeah, like yeah. yes we're not professional researchers but especially when it's something that happens in atlanta it can't be like y'all heard about that chase that happened over on cleveland right. yeah that shit wow the end of story like that's right. all it is it's like yeah. no you have to see what happens so yeah but if y'all think this if y'all think these articles drag on a little too long y'all can definitely comment that like hey maybe like wrap it up with you yeah. after you get to certain information or whatever mm-hmm. you know that's some good you know i guess feedback. our yeah, dms feedback. are also open so if y'all have articles that y'all, y'all are like oh this would be interesting to hear send yeah it to us and we'll actually check our dms this year we will <laughs> New way, new year. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm going to go first. This is the wildest story that happened recently. Um, I, I, I saw this on TikTok, but like I was, I was talking to them earlier. I was like, I don't, sometimes I'll hear something and I'm like, that's not real. Or like, I don't think that that happened like 20, 30 years ago or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. This happened like very recently. So uh, this article is from NBC News. A Pennsylvania man arrested after allegedly killing his father and displaying his decapitated head on YouTube. Uh, I guess all the trigger warnings. I should have said that before I read any of this. So, yeah. But this is current crime, so let's get into it. Um... So a Pennsylvania man has been arrested after allegedly killing his father and displaying it on YouTube while spouting right-wing conspiracy theories. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. And then that's another ill, you know, for the white supremacists, like, goodness, like, this is like one million to zero. Um, Justin Munn, uh, age 32, is accused of killing his father, Michael Munn, uh, police told NBC News. While police did not re- release the victim's age, public records show that he's 68. Mon was taken into custody about 100 miles away from the crime scene on suspicion of first-degree murder, abuse of a corpse, and possessing an instrument of crime with intent. He was arraigned at 4 a.m. on that day uh, at Middle Township uh, Police... Oh, I'm sorry. We can just edit that out. <laughs> he was he was uh, arraigned at 4 a.m. that day. Um, in the YouTube video, which was titled Mon's Militia Call to Arms for American Patriots, um, and it's cited in the police complaint that Mon is seen wearing gloves and holding his father's head in a plastic bag. Yikes. Whoa. Uh, later, the head can be seen in a cooking pot. Yeah. Um. Ugh. What the fuck? So he's just playing around with his dad's with his father while he's recording. Is yes. he on live or he just recording this video? I think he later? was like, I think he recorded this and then uploaded it to YouTube, but it was taken down like super soon after. I'm that. sure. Like, um. So Mon says his father was a federal employee for 20 years and refers to him as a quote unquote traitor, uh, calling for the death of all federal officials and attacking President Joe Biden's administration, the Black Lives Matter movement, the LGBTQ com- community, and Antifa activists. Um. YouTube removed the video, which is 14 minutes long, hours after it posted. 
Yikes. In a statement, a YouTube spokesperson said that the video was taken down because of its quote-unquote strict policies prohibiting graphic violence and violent extremism. Uh, the video was removed for, you know, violating their uh, rules. Um, and then it gets into a whole bunch of other stuff that he got into. So I'm just going to briefly talk about his history. Um Munn has filed at least three lawsuits against federal agencies, including the U.S. government, claiming that they negligently caused him to take out student loans between 2010 and his graduation from Pennsylvania State in 2014. Whoa. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to hold you on that one. Yeah, no, that student loan shit is definitely predatory as fuck. Um, He also sued his former employer, Progressive Insurance, in 2020, alleging wrongful termination and sex discrimination against men. Um, Now, that one doesn't sound too right. (laughs) So the broken clocks in in here. Yeah. He was hired as a customer service representative in uh, October 2016, and he was fired in 2017 after he picked after he kicked open the facility's doors. Uh, And it doesn't have any more information about why he did that. Uh, And he also represented himself in both of those lawsuits. So I don't know why I feel like when people do that, that's like very telling. Absolutely, it is. They say the man who represents himself has a fool for a lawyer. Yeah. It's always accurate unless somebody is actually like a lawyer. Right. Yeah. So this, uh, yeah, this article is a little, it's a little lengthy. It's not too much longer. Um, so if you definitely, if you want to read it, we'll have it in our resources. Um, and it talks about how like his mom walked in on the scene and like found the body and stuff like that. It's just, it's just a lot of graphic information and it does drag on a little bit longer. So I'm gonna go ahead and end it there. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Decapitation is so wild to me. I, I always think that. Like, that it, it takes so much. I don't even so know. Much. How is that a thing? Like, why does that exist in real in reality? I don't... Yeah. Ooh, Every I time even. I try to, like, picture doing it, I just, like, my brain stops. My, my brain just stops working. Yeah, it's like it just goes black. Like, right. Because like, like, yeah. I'm, like, sawing through somebody's spine is... Mm. what yeah yeah no. yeah, no. I, yeah and i think it's like that thing where we talked about um like dismemberment yeah mm-hmm. like how it's like okay so there's murder and then dismemberment and decapitation is like a step above yes murder. absolutely because i just can't even why the fuck would you yeah do that and then what what makes this so sad is i don't know there's so many young people who are falling victim to white supremacy mm-hmm. instead of just getting like if you're marginalized if you're oppressed get with oppressed people get mm-hmm. with the marginalized people and figure out what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. but everybody that he named he named black lives matter the like That's queer trans people antifa i'm like those are those are your niggas like you know like yeah obviously he not a nigga but you know what i mean like mm-hmm. those are the people you need to be linking up with when you feel a way about how the government is treating you because right. you're oppressed so go get with the oppressed people i don't know why you would criticize any of those movements those are the ones who with the shits it's always been that way though that's a strategy of the right wing like Mm-hmm. agenda like who is it malcolm x has said if you can convince a poor white man that he's better than any black man then mm-hmm. you'll have oh lyndon b johnson he said if you can convince the lowest white man or the poorest white man that he's better than the best black man or whatever he'll um he won't 
pay it to, he'll be paying attention to that instead of paying attention to you like picking his pocket or something yeah. like that it yeah. was, yeah. something like that, like that. Yeah. and that's yeah. shown itself to be true mm-hmm. yeah because like y'all are getting robbed and also criticizing the other people who are getting robbed and it's right. like he's 32 32 wow. years old that man is so fucking young yeah he's about to be in prison for the rest of his life I mean needs to be because that was wild yes. wow decapitating your own parent and Ooh. they put it on YouTube like what did you think that was going to accomplish like yikes I've been watching a lot of um, like docu series about people who fall victim to like right wing um, propaganda and like them trying to come out of it and like mm-hmm. people who do that work. It is fascinating. It's just as fascinating as it is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like it's intense. So our next article is from Huffington Post. The title is Texas Rapper Accused of Abducting Pregnant Woman Locking Her in Garage for Years. The date that this was published is January 6, 2024. Um, So a Texas rapper and real estate broker was arrested for allegedly kidnapping a pregnant woman and locking her in his garage for years. Lee Carter, 52, also known as Viper, was formally charged on January 4th after Houston police went to his home last year on a report of a kidnapping according to a complaint obtained by HuffPost. Their officers found a woman who told them she had been trapped inside. The woman told police she was abducted about four or five years ago when she was pregnant and panhandling on the street. Wow. Awful. Damn. According to the complaint, Carter had approached... I'm going to need them or not. Right. Lee had approached the woman to give her a dollar and later returned to ask her if she needed help, then told her to get in his car. The woman told officers she was vulnerable and, against her better judgment, got into his car. The woman told police that when she arrived at his home, she was locked inside his garage, and afterwards, he repeatedly forced her to do drugs and have sex with him, feeding her only chips and snacks. Wow. The woman told officers that she never saw anyone inside Carter's home, but would sometimes overhear him fighting with other women. She would occasionally beg him to let her leave and made many attempts to get out. In one instance, she told the police she tried to escape when fire department and police personnel arrived at his house. She said she broke a window in the garage and crawled out, but ended up getting taken to the hospital where he came and picked her up to <gasps> take her back to the hospital. Whoa! Yeah. She didn't tell anybody at the hospital what was going on? There's not more information on that incident than that. What? But I would be very curious to hear how that happened. But I mean, <laughs> when you've been abused for that long, she was probably scared to say anything. Yeah. Because... I don't know. Damn. Um, that's so fucked up. Um, on April 7th, she contacted the police through a communication platform, Text Now, after he allows her to use a laptop. Police reported when they found her, she weighed about 70 pounds mm. and said she hadn't showered for two months. In the garage, fire officials found a makeshift toilet that did not flush and a mattress covered with fresh vomit. Oh, my God. It's unclear of whether the woman gave birth and if so, what happened to the baby. Oh, jeez. A neighbor told officers that Carter once said he had three women in his residence and owned other homes where he kept women, the document said. The wow. neighbor said he described the women as ungrateful because they want more food and drugs. As Viper, Carter's perhaps best known for the 2008 album, You'll Cowards Don't Even Smoke Crack. Uploads of his music have received millions of views on YouTube. What the oh, fuck? I hate that. Yeah. Who's out here giving him streams? According to corporate records and the Texas Real Estate Commission, he's also a real estate broker who owns and operates a moving company in Houston, registered to the address where he allegedly held the woman. Oh my Him being a real estate uh, broker and having a moving company makes me absolutely believe that he traffics women mm-hmm. and hides yes. in his house yes. yes and probably does it for other people too yeah 
That shit was fucked up. I saw it on wow. Facebook. What the fuck? That's when was so she found? scary. She was found January 3rd or 4th. What the fuck? Yeah. It was the first week of January, for sure. A real estate broker. That's what we were talking about. I don't know if it was on the pot or off when we were just saying that, like, these people walk among us. Like, yes. they're not just, like, off in a hole somewhere and then come out and do wild shit. Like, also, what the fuck is up with the neighbor? <laughs> right. You said he told you this and you didn't tell nobody? Wait. <laughs> like, I'm so confused. You need your ass beat. And this, like, bring back ass whoopings. Yeah, absolutely. Bring them back, for yeah, sure. Yeah, bring them back. Yeah. yeah, just don't even, don't call the police. Call a bunch of niggas to go beat his ass because what the fuck is wrong with you? But that's also, like, it just shows you how individualistic society has gotten. Like, yeah. he very much was the personification of this ain't got shit to do with me. Yeah. Which is terrible. Like, a grown man told you he kept other women and other homes he owned and then said that they were ungrateful because they want more food and drugs. And you were like, it's above me. Right. What? Also, you got people in your house that I never see. They don't right. ever check the mail. Right. It's like, remember that um, one case where it was like those three girls off in like Cleveland, Ohio or something. Do y'all remember? And they escaped. Yeah. I, I think, think, I think I know what They lived about. in like a neighborhood. Or was it Amanda Berry? Yes, yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Come on, memory. Yeah, I'm like, damn. I think, I think the reason, well, the reason why I remember it isn't so, so noble <laughs> because, uh, there's a parody video on the guy who found her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. And then Mike Epps did a, like, well, Mike Epps did a parody of him as well. Mm. So that's why I remember it because it was very, it was like a time. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, people knew, people be knowing, and they don't fucking do shit. And we're just like, that's awful. Okay, so this article, um, well, I'm trying to get to the date on the article. It's not giving me a date, but it'll be in the resources. This article is from ClickToHouston.com, and the title is "Something Was Wrong." <clears throat> Family tracked phone of Katie area triple murder victim to short-term rental found crime scene. Yikes. So it starts this way. The search for a shooter is entering its third day after three people were killed early Sunday while attending a birthday party at a short-term rental home in Katie. The three victims, Nicholas King, Alicia Rice, and Michael Abodo, were all 24 years old. Two others had to be rushed to the hospital from the home on Russet Leaf Trace. According to Harris County Sheriff's Office, an altercation in the house turned into a shootout. Yes. Bullets were fired in and outside of the home. Nobody has been arrested. Quote, that day, Sunday, now is the absolute worst day of my life, King's eldest sister, Lauren Welch, said in an interview. She planned to have brunch on Sunday with King and Rice, who had been dating for two years and planned to get married. I just knew something was wrong, Welch said. He's a stand-up guy. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Their mother, who hadn't heard from King either, tracked his phone location to Russet Leaf Trace and noticed that he hadn't moved for hours. A news article had come out which referenced the shooting on that street. Welch rushed to the location, location where she found a large crime scene and first noticed her brother's car. Then a deputy shared the awful news. 
To lose your life amongst friends is just, it's crazy. It's what my brain can't compute, Welch said. Investigators have not identified a suspect, but during a press conference at the scene, Sheriff Ed Gonzalez said they weren't sure if the suspect shooter were already inside the house as invited party guests or if someone showed up uninvited. He described the scene as, quote, chaotic. The shooting happened during a celebration for Adobo's, I'm sorry, Abodo's 24th birthday, his family said. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable, you know. Why can't my daughter just go to a party with her fiancé and have a good time without somebody just coming in and acting a fool, Bryce's mm-hmm. mother said. Her mother, who asked KPRC2 to not use her name at this time, said her daughter had a bright future. She was a recent graduate from St. Mary's University and worked a full-time job while going to school full-time. She always carried honors, she said, and planned to eventually become a judge. Now it's just been cut short, and now my husband and I and our family have to live with that grief. She said it's time for something to be done with gun laws. The majority of the time, the guns, they're in the wrong people's hands. That's all there is to it. She works so hard to get where she's at just to be gunned down. And they go on to um, the transcript of a few more interviews, but that's the gist of the story, and they still don't know who the shooter was. Damn, that's horrible. That's terrible. Yeah. Damn. I do, I feel like this is a complaint every generation has, that like they feel like the kids younger than get more violent. And that's not where I'm going with it. But I am just really sad about how gun violence has gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. Like, how quick people are to just pull out a gun for any reason. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just, like, younger people. I People across the board mm-hmm. will just pull out a gun for no reason. Like, that story where a woman got cut off in traffic and then pulled up next to the person, shot them, and then still went and got her nails done. Right. <gasps> like... I never heard that. What is going on? Are y'all good? And I know the answer is no, but like, damn, it's a birthday party. Like, nobody should die. What? Right. It used to be such a huge thing for somebody to pull out a knife. Right. Any culture of the time. And so it it really depends on what's normalized for that generation. And that's what's so fucked up about all these guns being on the streets. It's like, Mm America is the only place where this really happens on the daily like this. Like, we hear about it and don't even, it's just a scroll on Twitter. Yeah. It's just like, oh, another mass shooting today. You know, we're two, we're barely two months into the new year. There's already been 45 mass shootings. Okay. Like, they don't even put them on national news. No more. Then yeah, because it's so it's such a regular occurrence. It's like you hear gunshots and you don't even react anymore because everybody's so desensitized. Mm-hmm. But had it been like I don't know a certain amount of years ago or whatever, it would have been like a huge thing to hear about somebody being held at knife point or a huge thing to be like, oh, so someone got it to it, like they got the fighting, you know, whatever. Yeah, and it's weird to think that like, damn, can we go back to that? Like, can we go back to people just like fighting? Like, even though you shouldn't just be rolling up on people being violent, but damn, like, yeah, it's only going to get so much worse, and it's only getting closer and closer to the parable of the sower every fucking day. True. Yeah. <clears throat> This shit's fucking terrible. It's so sad. It's so sad for them. And the fact that, like, they didn't even see it coming, it wasn't even beeping when I like, like... Right. So you never know. All right, so this story is about a man named Dexter Wade. Um, so just briefly, I'm just going to talk about, like, what happened to him and then move into the larger story that just came out. Mm-hmm. So a man named Dexter Wade, he was hit by an officer, um, an off-duty uh, officer in Jackson. He was 37 years old. 
the officer was crossing a six lane highway on March 5th and authorities didn't notify his mother. They just buried him without telling her at all. So she was looking for her son for months. That is horrible. And when she ended up finding out that um, he had already been buried without her consent, I mean, just like without her knowledge, it ended up exposing that hundreds of bodies had been buried behind the police station and they had not notified the families. <laughs> so this is what this behind the police station is nuts. What? Every fucking body needs to be fired. That's because like, and burn the police station down. Because what the fuck are you? Because in my mind, for half a second, I was like, oh, you know, having a cemetery at the church makes sense. And I'm like, we're not talking about a church. We're talking about a police station, mm-hmm. right? What? Like your resting place is with the people who hurt behind you behind the police station. Dead bodies behind the police station is just such an ominous, weird, dystopian, fucked up concept. And who fucking dug all these graves? And who whose idea was this? Also, who's maintaining it? Like th- to have a burial ground, that means that you have to maintain a certain standard. So somebody's out there like making plots. Mm-hmm. They have to be a certain depth. They have to be a certain width. Like, are y'all burying them in coffins? Like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's in this article, but people were talking about it on TikTok because this was like a huge, huge thing when it came out. People are still talking about it. In order to get the bodies back, they have to pay the state. Like they what? Have to, yeah. Okay. I'm going to let you read the article. Yeah. Before I... So this article is from the Hilltop. <laughs> Hundreds of bodies found behind a Mississippi prison sparked community-wide outrage. Over 200 bodies were found alongside unmarked graves at a Hines County Poppers Cemetery located behind a prison in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, according to PBS. So was, I guess it was a prison, not a police station. But still. Um, as, news, as new reports continue to surface and make regional and uh, national headlines, family members of the deceased are seeking answers. All right, y'all, we'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge c- us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. The Drag Queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on The Big Cunty... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On <laughs> The big cutty couch. Mwah. Activist Arthur Reed quickly pointed out the inhumane condition that the corpses were in by stating how many graves were only accompanied by a metal rod and a number mm-hmm. and a foul smell that attracted buzzards to the gravesite. What? Mm-hmm. So there was buzzards behind the police. I mean, the police aren't going to, like, arrest themselves, so yeah. I don't know, I'm so shocked. <laughs> yeah. We investigated, we investigated ourselves and we found nothing wrong. Right. <laughs> Fucking course we did. In addition to the conditions that the bodies were subjected to, another factor and element of this occurrence is the fact that the families of the deceased were not notified at the time of their death based on reports by PBS. Quote, uh, this is a quote. People all across America are scratching their heads in disbelief about what's happening in Jackson, Mississippi with this pauper's graveyard, said civil rights activist Ben Crump. Since two 
I'm sorry. Since 2008, approximately 330 people have been buried at the cemetery based on reports by Jackson's WLBT3. With an extensive log that is 14 pages in length, the cemetery has 672 handwritten names listed and includes information such as birth and death dates, gender, age, and race, as well as the whereabouts of the fallen before they were buried and uh, before they were buried as reported by the station. Mississippi is notorious for being a state with inhumane practices. As a fellow Mississippian, I was not surprised to hear that Mississippi had 215 unmarked graves. Aja Rashid, a chemistry major and biology major from um, from Mississippi Gulf Coast, said. I was looking for the school name. Um, according to NBC, the beginning of this discovery came about due to Betterston Wade, a determined mother who uh, wanted to find her son. That's Dexter Wade's mom. Mm-hmm. My mama told me they're not going to do anything, but I had to do something to find Dexter. And I thought that that was the best way Wade said um, in an interview with uh, NBC. Another mother in Mississippian who had came forward to find justice for her son was Gretchen Hankins, who was only notified about the death of her son, David Hankins, um, a year and seven months after she filed a missing persons report for him. That's horrible. A year and they knew exactly where the fuck they knew they knew where he was. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, Dexter Wade had his ID on him, Mm. so it's like y'all knew exactly who the fuck he was. I want them to lose their jobs because they didn't do their job, Hankins said to CNN. Uh, among the families impacted, the six relatives of the deceased inmates who came forward to seek justice for their departed loved ones with the who who have come forward to seek justice for their departed loved ones with the help of Crump. There's something seriously wrong with this backwards country, Crump said. While Crump's call for an investigation is the beginning of what might be a long and complex process, this occurrence has tugged at the hearts of many people, especially Howard University students from the state of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So they go on to talk about uh, a little bit uh, about the situation on TikTok, and then that's it. So I did a quick Google, and apparently it's not abnormal for a prison to have a cemetery. However... It is supposed to be for inmates, people who have been imprisoned already, who are not claimed by family or friends, or people who are executed for capital crimes with the same circumstances. No one wants to claim the body. Not missing persons. Not random people. people. I mean, it's bad enough that, you know, people who have been incarcerated are being buried in prison cemeteries. And prison cemeteries exist. That prisons exist. Yeah. But just random people who were missing and who and who was hit by a fucking police officer murdered by the police like, See, y'all just this is a cover-up this is a blatant cover-up yeah. and here's my thing too if you're gonna be part of like a super villain organization the largest gang in america whatever fuck that you want to call it and you want people on your side. You want people to approve of you taking up all of the public funds that are supposed to go to public services, like mm-hmm. housing and mental health and food and disability services and all that. Why the fuck would you do shit like this? Like, why would you not try to, like, do a little PR? Right. And make y'all, y'all out here dancing and let you slide with activists. Do some shit that, like, people would actually be on your side about. Mm-hmm. Like, actually report your fucking wrongdoings and not have unmarked graves behind a prison for random people who've been missing and you knew exactly who the fuck they were. That doesn't make any sense. It's just like, there's no, there's literally no logic to policing. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we take up the budget, and you better be pro-police, you better be, like, I don't know, Blue Lives Matter or whatever the fuck, and then y'all go do shit like this and mm-hmm. be surprised that don't nobody fuck with y'all. Like, 
I wonder how many. I'm. I wonder if they do this shit in Atlanta or in Georgia. Period. That is horrifying. I really don't even. I mean, like, people need to think about it so that people can talk about it. But like, I really don't even want to think about it. It's no, horrible. It's, yeah, it's, it's and horrible. to think about the scale. Because how many other rural like towns without a major city to bring attention to this? Is this happening to? It makes me think about two things. I think you did the story, Erin, where they were at like the school or something that was like a prison yeah. where they were like burying some of the kids on site. It also makes me think about all the indigenous uh, kids that were buried mm-hmm. outside yeah. of like schools Absolutely, and yeah. shit like that. It's like this history of like just discarding the bodies of people that they deem, you know. Yeah. And it being hundreds, especially with the indigenous folks who get buried like that, that shit is creepy as fuck. Because it's like, these hundreds of indigenous people that didn't just like drop dead. No. Right. Right. Y'all were doing something to them. Y'all were experimenting on them. There was, yeah, this was a mass murder or something. Yeah. And there's never going to be any explanation because nobody's ever going to look into their bones and see what type of trauma they experienced. Yeah. Child, burn it down. I'm sorry. Oh my <laughs> burn it all the fuck down. I'm ready. I'm That's ready. So I don't care. Burn my shit down too. I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> when, when was all, like, where are we now? Like, was this very, very recently? This was very, very okay. recently. Like, this was this was trending on TikTok. I mean, like, like last, like not even a couple weeks ago. Was this, this article is from January 16th? Okay. So yeah, this was just a few weeks ago. Not even so, a couple. Weeks ago. I'm sure there'll be more things that come out, and yeah. we'll we'll keep y'all updated because. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna, I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, probably nothing unless people keep applying pressure. Then yeah. it's only gonna get harder and harder to keep down to, to keep people from applying that pressure because people don't have food, people don't have houses, people don't have a future to protect by not turning up no more. So yeah, it makes sense that everybody gonna hit the streets, right? This one is from the LA Post, and it was published February 7, 2024, so that is today, the day that we are recording this episode, and the title is Instagram Famous Groom Snubs Plea Deal Before Lavish Wedding. So, uh, forgive me if I mispronounced the same. Jacob Legrone's extravagant five-day wedding in Paris was dubbed the wedding of the century on TikTok. However, unbeknownst to many, the groom faced serious accusations behind the scenes of the wedding that might have led to his life being sentenced to his life being sentenced to prison. That was a weird way to work. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, Jacob, who's 29, was indicted on three counts of aggregate, aggravated assault against a police officer, a first-degree felony, for the March 14th encounter. According to the indictment, Legrone did intentionally or knowingly threaten the officers with an imminent bodily injury by using a deadly weapon, a firearm. If convicted, he could be sentenced up to life in prison. The charges contrast the lavish Paris nuptials the girl enjoys just weeks ago with his new wife, car dealership heiress, Madeline Brockway, 26. Their November wedding at the historic Chateau de Ville estate was dubbed the wedding of the century and quickly went viral on TikTok and Instagram. Photos and videos showed the opulent flower arrangements, hauteur gowns, drone performances, and private Maroon 5 concert that what? made up a multi-day <laughs> affair. Oh my what? god. Gag. <laughs> what? what? Maroon 5. How the fuck did I not say this? White Twitter. <laughs> um... Influencer accounts gleefully posted content of them uh, touring Parisian fashion houses, sipping champagne at the Eiffel Tower, and dancing at the Opera House theme rehearsal dinner. 
The posts portrayed a romantic, aspirational image with millions of views, yet they failed to mention that the extravagant groom had been arrested and charged with serious, violent felony a month prior. According mm-hmm. to officials, he opened fire on officers from the Westworth Village in Westover Hills. Are this you is kidding? Wow, because the fact that he lived... The fact was just not only lived, left the motherfucking country. He wasn't on the no-fly list in fucking immediately. Yo, and he's going viral on Instagram. People know where he is. It's not like he fleed. That's probably why he got caught, because they saw his face on TikTok. What the fuck? Um, so let me say that. He opened fire on officers from the Westworth Village and Westover Hills Police Department. With, <laughs> I just can't. When they were responding to multiple disturbance calls at a home on March 14th. Oh, no. I, I hope it's not, like... Um, domestic violence. So. We'll see. In a statement after the in- incident, Westworth Village said the officers were fired upon, but thankfully not struck or injured. Court records show he appeared in Tarrant County District Court on December 1st. That's my birthday. For an initial pretrial hearing, prosecutors offered him a plea bargain deal of 25 years in prison, but he declined to accept it. His case is still He said, pending. no, thank you. He said, I think I'm going to go to Paris. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We got white people, white people. We got to cut the fucking cameras. Because oh, let's back it up. Let's back it up. Let's back it up. Please, I need to see a picture of this person. I've been looking at this. So he, got it, so he got into a shootout. Yeah. he was not arrested on the scene look at this one he was able to go to court say no that wedding is lavish he was able to go to court mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. no and then go home mm-hmm. and, no, then, and then go to go Paris, to Paris. <laughs> like he went to the social security office and was like yeah now nah, y'all just mail it to me yep and left the fucking country so neither him his attorney or his wife have commented on this <laughs> I bet you they fucking didn't that's embarrassing as fuck y'all just did y'all's wedding I don't, man, if they ever come out with, like, white privilege in a bottle, I'm getting, that, I'm getting a six-pack of that shit every Monday when I go to the, to the grocery store. Because what the fuck is you talking about? A shootout? He should have died. Yes. If a pending first-degree felony charge, it carries a maximum sentence of 99 years or life in prison if he's convicted. It also says how he financed his share of the no-expenses spirit wedding also remains unclear, given his recent brushes with the law. Um... Brockway's family is said to have contributed significantly to the multi-million dollar event. More pre-trial hearings set for early 2020. Oh, this is 2023. But this article was published today. So maybe it's a typo. Um, time will tell whether he evades conviction or ends up imprisoned instead of enjoying his new life with his heiress wife. You, first of all... Is he not, locked up? No, because oh. this came out today. What but not fuck? only... Are you white and clearly doing well in life? You just married a clearly millionaire, billionaire heiress. Like, you don't have time to be doing this kind of stuff. He's probably not going to get no time. I feel like it was a domestic violence situation. What time would they were called to the house? Yeah. Yeah, it probably was, but they're fucking rich. And they can do whatever the fuck they want to do because rich white people do whatever the fuck they want to do. And mm-hmm. my brain is sizzling right now because my black ass can't, can't fucking even, understand can't that understand type of privilege. Again. If I look at the police wrong, yeah, I, I'm out of here. So some of the questions that they put in the article are, what exactly occurred on the night of March 14th that led to shots being fired at police officers mm-hmm. responding to disturbance calls? What was the girl's specific involvement in the incident that night? Mm-hmm. Why did he allegedly open fire on law enforcement officials? The public details released have been vague, with no clear timeline or motive revealed. So, what happened to shoot first, ask questions later? Oh, so they absolutely do that to niggas. And this happened in Texas. <laughs> 
They took me down to ACDC because my license was suspended. <laughs> and you I know? didn't know. And I didn't fucking know. And I lost my car for six fucking months. This nigga get to go to fucking Paris, Paris. after shooting. And Google, police Google is saying this wedding was $56 million. $56 million is that's what they're saying on Google. Apparently, he also comes from a prominent, wealthy Texas family. So, so he probably has. He probably the, that police officer is probably his uncle. Yeah, or they have connections. You know, um, like what's the one where the man? Yeah, just like the Murdoch family. Mm-hmm. <sighs> they live a completely. They are on a different. It's a different, different, different reality. reality. They're, different, they're yeah, on a different, different reality. Completely different. It's an entirely different reality. All of the laws that exist in America are laws specifically geared toward punishing poor people mm-hmm. and marginalized people. Mm-hmm. Because if you're rich enough or you're white enough, you don't have you to don't, follow the law. There are no you laws. You simply don't. It's like black and white. There are no laws. I'm going to be sitting in my bed with my with my fingers to my lips like, this man shot somebody. <laughs> like New York? He shot <laughs> at the police in Texas. the police. <sighs> and then went to Paris. We had a man in Atlanta. His name's Anthony. I forgot what his name Anthony Hill. Anthony Hill. He was completely naked. Mm-hmm. And I think he had a knife. Um, I actually don't think he had a weapon at he all. He was having a mental health crisis. And they shot him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was... He, a, a naked person is absolutely no threat to you at, like, mm-hmm. at all. Especially if you work for the authorities. Mm-hmm. And to see these type of stories every fucking day... It's another uh, black man just got shot. Not even a few days ago. And he had like... I think he had like a sandwich in his hand or something mm-hmm. like that. He just had food. Mm-hmm. And to, to see this type of shit is beyond infuriating. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's like, I've, I've had conversations with all of my friends. I talked to y'all about this too. Like, yes, I find humanity in individual white people. Yeah. Mm. But white people as a whole, bro, I don't fuck with you. I'm no, sorry. No. I can't fuck with it because of shit like this. Yeah. The system because of like shit like this. Supremacy is sick. Yeah. And terrifying. It's that is terrifying. terrifying. Like, you treat marginalized people like they're literal vermin, like, to be exterminated. Like, oh, let's just get the roach spray out. Like, it's whatever. And white people get to do whatever the fuck. You shot at the police, bro. You shot at yeah. the police. I'm sorry. I'm just going to be saying that all the different. Shout out to the police. And like you said, Anthony Hill was completely unarmed, mm-hmm. completely unclothed, not a threat. Yikes. Not a threat. Yeah, you can keep going all day and keep naming people. What's Oscar Grant? Was his name was uh was it Oscar Grant? Oscar Grant is definitely one of the names. There's so many names at this point. Freddie Gray, yeah. um, just the list goes on and on. Yeah, and on. Sandra Bland, fucking Rakia Boy, like oh, fucking God, girl. Oh, anyway, I'm I'll be here all night if I keep naming people. Fuck, right? Yeah, yeah. Shot at the whole shot ass police, and then and then went up there and said, "No, thank you." Right? <laughs> um, not today. I think I'd rather not have a. Person. I'm getting married. Yeah, in Paris. actually, do y'all want to come? Y'all want to come? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the PJs in the back. That's what I'm saying. But um, the the party favors are iPad. We have a whole section for the police. Actually, you know, actually, it's funny to see. I mean, you shot at us, but I mean, all right. Like, like, oh, <laughs> nah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah, white people y'all live a whole different life, bro. So we will see. This is the one I'm actually gonna follow for yeah. y'all because I need to know how this how this plays out. Me too. Ninety nine years is what he's facing. Is he, is he really? Is he really? Because I feel like the plea deal shit. was twenty five. To turn down a plea deal of twenty five years when the sentence that you could get is life means you you're loyal. You know you're not gonna go to jail. No, you know you're yep. not because t- that's true. Twenty five yeah. is significant. That is 
74 Niggas years less than kind of what shit. you could get for shooting yeah. at a police officer. And 25 like is never 25 for yeah. a rich white man. Right. No, at it's all. three. So oh, if, you, if you do a third and club yeah. fed and then you do probation for the rest right. of it. And, and while you're there, you can start third. a business and make money anyway. Literally. So we literally just, have... <laughs> We literally have a fucking presidential candidate who probably gonna be locked the fuck up by the time who is currently campaigning. <laughs> but you can't even vote. You can't even vote if you're a felon. What He's probably the best friends with this guy. He probably was at this wedding. Please. I look down. Watch. $56 million wedding. No, That man ain't going to jail. The aliens, the robot overlord, somebody come get us. <laughs> I'd rather not be the robots. I'm scared of robots, but yes. the robot, somebody come get the us. Nice, the, the, aliens. Aliens. Yeah. the nice aliens. The nice aliens. <laughs> the ones that's black. Right. This is how y'all be treating my niggas. Y'all are right. <laughs> y'all are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know we said we want to be dropped off, but I want to come home. <laughs> I'm oh, tired. Lord. Yeah, we'll see, child. All right. So um, this next article it came out January thirty first. 2024 so last week this is in the news and observer and it's titled target worker kills man he thought stole his lunch a target employee killed his co-worker because he thought the man had stolen his lunch from the office fridge virginia official said Twenty-five-year-old has now received a one-hundred-year sentence. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that's it. Well, I guess somebody did that on April fourteenth. Okay, so this is from a few years ago, and I guess the case is just now coming up or the trial on April fourteenth, twenty twenty-one. Bazin Burhi was quote upset with fifty-eight-year-old Hernan Leva, who was oh. a janitor at the Target where they worked. This. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but have y'all seen on TikTok when they're like, work is so wild because you'll be there and have like beef with a 65 year old? Literally. Okay. Berkey of Alexandria was 22 at the time. Oh, even younger. 22 yeah. at the time of the incident. McClatchy News could not immediately locate his attorney's contact on January 31st. I guess they reached out for a quote. Believing Leva had taken his lunch, Berkey began to, quote, plan the murder over the following few days. Oh, that's wild. No, oh, I thought this was a so common yeah, passion. No. I thought this was like he was for a rage. Yeah, this yeah. is. Now you plan for days to kill somebody over your turkey fucking sandwich, bro. Calm yeah. down. This is wild. As Berkey was leaving his shift on April 15th, excuse me, <laughs> he bought two knives and a hammer. 
then spent the next day training for the murder. What? Okay, something's seriously is. wrong. Also, yeah, remember when we were wrong. talking about how wild hammers are? Yes. yes. No, absolutely. That is a horrifying weapon. So the morning of April 17th, Berhe got to work before Leva and waited in the parking lot for the janitor to arrive. When Leva showed up, Berhe stabbed and bludgeoned him to death before he fled the scene. This person just wanted to murder him. Yeah, he wanted to yeah, murder yeah. Because what? Also, as always, the content warnings are in the description. Please make sure to read them before you listen to that. Berhe confessed right away, then pleaded guilty to a first-degree murder charge in October of 2023. At Berkey's sentencing hearing, he threatened to harm others if he didn't receive the harshest sentence. Well, know thyself, I guess. Yeah, this yeah, yeah this sounds like someone. Yeah, yeah, this is somebody who is seriously struggling. Um, yeah, the judge handed down a sentence of 100 years. Quote, in this case, because of the unique and self-proclaimed danger the defendant continues to pose to the community. Today's sentence was a necessary outcome for maintaining public safety, Fairfax County Commonwealth Attorney Steve Descano said in the release. Berkey will serve 70 years in prison with 30 years suspended. What does that mean? You said 70 years in prison with 30 suspended? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's when you receive a sentence, but you don't have to... It's some like shit. Like, it's Is like, it like we know you're going to be have died at that point? Yeah. Like, well, I think when you suspend some years, you literally just like... It's a, it's still technically officially the sentence, but they don't have to serve that amount of time. Okay. Yeah. I don't know That's about really knowing that he's going to It die. says where a judge sentences a defendant to jail or prison time, but then delays imposing the sentence in order to let the defendant serve time on probation. So it's possible he could get out after 70 years if he lives that long. Okay. I do think that it is interesting that they chose to give him... Just such a straight up harsh sentence without any kind of like look into his mental health. So because for him to directly say, if you don't lock me up and I hurt somebody else, clearly that man needs help. Right. right? Like, very much so. And I'm not saying, you know, obviously I'm an abolitionist. I'm not saying he should get out next week or anything like that, but that calls for an evaluation and some support of some uh-huh. kind. There's something absolutely going on there. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely agree. And he's not going to get that kind of help in American prisons. So no. And deeply, deeply needs it. Because plotting for three days to kill an old man because you thought he took your lunch yeah. at the Target? Yeah. No, there's something. And I'm sure within those three days, like, he had gone to work. Yeah, you know? saw him. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. And knew what he was planning. And that's sad. That is sad. Mr. Leva's unnecessary and tragic death leaves behind a grieving family and community, one that will never be the same after such a senseless act of violence. In Leva's obituary, his family described him as a hardworking man from rural, that's so hard to say. Mm -hmm. I can't say it. Rural El Salvador, who was a prominent figure to his family. Hernan loved spending time with family and friends. He always had a smile on his face, and one of his special gifts was his sense of humor. Damn, that's that turned out to be really, really fucking sad. I know. Oh, God. That just, it... I don't know if this is appropriate to say, but it, it, I feel bad for both parties. Actually, I was thinking yeah, the same absolutely, thing. Yeah. Okay. I think that's <laughs> appropriate to say. I mean, obviously prioritizing the victim of mm-hmm. the violent crime, mm-hmm. but it just makes me think about how we just live in such a fucked up society where like, right. it's so hard to seek help. Clearly he knew he needed it mm-hmm. and like that there aren't interventions happening on a daily basis. Right. Obviously nobody should be running around just stabbing people and grabbing a hammer was also extra wild yeah. and 
definitely needs to be separated from society right mm-hmm. now. Yes, yeah. I definitely agree. Just, I think it's like it's interesting. I think we've got a few stories where the um, the person that commits the crime wants to be caught, yeah, and then wants to be in jail. And I don't know if it was a podcast or a documentary that I saw, but there was somebody that I was um, learning about who was committing crimes and didn't want to uh-huh. do it. It mm-hmm. just had like an impulse issue yeah. and other issues, obviously, but like turned themselves in and wanted to be in jail because they didn't want to do these crimes anymore. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case with this or the specific train of thought for this man, but I don't know. Yeah. No, I feel that. I was watching um, this docu series. I think it was on HBO about psychopathy, and this guy like murdered his mom, and then like walked to his neighbor's house and was like, "I killed my mom," and then like had them come get him. And then they show like the videotape from the interview, and they're asking him like why he did it and how mm-hmm. he feels about it. And he's like, just pretty like straightforward and dry, and like he's like, "But I would definitely do it again." So that's why you know like. I decided to come here because, like, Whoa. that shouldn't happen, I guess. But, like, yeah. I don't really feel a way about it. I was like, yeah, what? That is Because that's, like, so a, a symptom of being psych- psych- Yeah, being a, a psychopath. psychopath. Yeah, like, and no, no not, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Not that people with mental um, health issues are more likely to commit crimes. Right. It's just, like, wild as fuck to hear it just, like, said so candidly mm-hmm. with like and without any emotion right but the reason the reason we don't know shit about it is because of the way we handle crime like mm-hmm. they study people's brains yep who had like sociopathy sociopathy or psychopathy i don't know how to say it but if if we studied their brains we would know so much more about why people act that way and how to handle it is their medication is their surgery is mm-hmm. their coping right. mechanisms is that there you know that's so much shit that needs to be studied instead of stigmatizing right mm-hmm. what if you give them like a half dose of lsd and that cures them for life you know nobody right. really knows anything about this shit because we just be like oh you did something bad throw them in the cage because even medical professionals even in the docuseries and stuff mm-hmm. like that they say that these people are not capable of human emotion and i'm like you're saying that, but they are human. Yeah. So we either need to change the definition of what it means to be human and what human emotion is, mm-hmm. or we need to explore the options to get them there if that is the goal mm-hmm. or Absolutely. something. But just like defining it as they aren't able to do this, I just don't believe that that's the whole story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I was uh, I was listening to some psychologists do like a talk or whatever and they were saying how empathy is a skill and i've never mm. thought of it like that mm. i just thought it was like an emotion but they're like no it's a communication skill like for you to be able to pick up on like what somebody else is feeling and what they're yeah. going through yeah and so for doctors to just be like no this is a very physical cut and dry thing and like they're not capable of this thing it's like are they not capable of it or have we not really done all we can to you know see different ways for them to get in touch with that side of themselves or whatever right. but maybe so, their brain is just literally different and they yeah. do have emotions but they're just we are not perceiving them properly mm-hmm. right because they do that same thing with like intelligence and learning disabilities oh, yeah this that's what's capable yeah. of this thing and then like i'm sure the first time they um had like you know the screens where you could touch and some like it, it speaks for you mm-hmm. i'm sure they're like whoa somebody who can't speak actually has thoughts like right, shocked. Right. So, like we just have to find what the version of the laptop is for folks who aren't able to tap into their human emotion or whatever the case may be yeah damn that's sad very sad
All right, so this one just came out yesterday. Um, I don't remember the original story because, again, we have so many fucking mass shootings in this country. They could be talking about anybody at this point. But this story is from CNN. Comes, uh, it says, uh, Jennifer Crumbly, mother of school shooter, found guilty of manslaughter in a test to see who's responsible for a mass shooting. Mm. I think I saw this. So Jennifer Crumbly, the mother of the teenager who killed four students at Oxford, Michigan High School in 2021, was found guilty Tuesday on all four counts of involuntary manslaughter in a novel legal case that stood as a test of the limits who, uh, of who's responsible for a school shooting. The jury of 12 deliberated for more than 10 hours. Jennifer Crumbly looked down at her clasped hands as the verdict was read. Who that part? She was taken from the courtroom in shackles. Crumbly, age 45, had pleaded not guilty to the charges in the November 30th, 2021 mass shooting at Oxford High School, in which her son killed four students and wounded six students and a teacher. Mm. She faces up to 15 years in prison and her sentencing hearing was held was set for April 9th. She has been behind bars since her arrest in the Detroit warehouse. What? I'm sorry. Let me rewrite. She has been behind bars since her arrest in a Detroit warehouse days after the shooting. So I guess that's the site that they arrested her in. Right. Yeah. Like, that was a little worded there. Yeah. Like, are you in a Detroit warehouse now? What? <laughs> Why? Like, for <laughs> real. Y'all like white women up and putting them in warehouses? <laughs> you know, okay, no. <laughs> like, it's like a group for the rest of us. Jesus, this ain't the house. You know? <laughs> Door dash and go puff. That is what <laughs> I will be doing. Because oh, what? Yeah, it's been a long time coming, but it's definitely a step towards accountability that we've been talking about. Craig Schilling, the father of the 17 year old shooting victim, uh, Justin Schilling, told CNN affiliate. Um, it's kind of been our goal the whole time. Crumbly's husband, James, is scheduled to go on trial on the same charges in early March. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Crumbly's defense and the prosecution were barred from speaking publicly about her case until the end of James Crumbly's trial. And then um, it goes on to talk a little bit about her son. Well, I do want to read this part. Their son, Ethan, pleaded guilty to one count of terrorism causing death, four counts of murder, and 19 other charges related to the deadly rampage. He was sentenced last year to life in prison without parole. He did not testify in his trial, uh, his attorney saying. It's a rare case that takes some really egregious that takes some really egregious facts. Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald said in closing arguments, it takes the unthinkable and she has done the unthinkable. And because of that, four kids have died. However, the defense argued that the blame lay elsewhere on her husband for improperly securing the firearm on the school for failing to notify her about her son's behavior issues and on Ethan himself, who planned and carried out the attack on his own. Defense attorney Shannon Smith said that the case was, quote unquote, dangerous for parents everywhere. Can every parent really be responsible for everything their children do, especially when it's not foreseeable? Jennifer Crumbly took the stance in her own defense and in a remarkable moment expressed no regret for her actions. Whoa. What are her actions? That's yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I've asked myself if I would have done anything differently and I wouldn't have. Um, I'm trying to really... Because I, yeah, I got questions. Yeah, yeah let me look through this. Because I, vague, I feel like I vaguely remember this story. And if I'm not mistaken, the parents are like right wing people who oh, like. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, did you find something? Yeah. yeah. 
Did you find something? I did in the article. I'm going to read this one little paragraph and then you read what you have if I don't hit the thing. Mm-hmm. But it says, uh, this is the last picture of that we have of that gun until we see it murder four kids on November 30th. Um, as I said in the evidence, Crumbly testified that after her gun range visit, she put the gun case in her vehicle's trunk in the area where the spare tire is. Once home, she took the ammo inside but left the gun case in the locked vehicle for a couple of hours until her husband came home. And then he, and then he took the gun case inside. Um, so they're being prosecuted because they, they left left the gun out. They didn't properly secure it. So, so this article says prosecutors argued Crumbly was aware of her son, Ethan's deteriorating mental health in the months leading up to the shooting, pointing to several disturbing text exchanges and accused him of, it accused her of gifting him a gun just days before the shooting and not properly storing it. Oh, wow. Then they say they also argued she failed to take any kind of action, including not mentioning the recent gun purchase when school officials called the Crumblies in the morning of the, of the shooting after a teacher found Ethan's violent drawings and urged them to take him out of school and get him immediate mental health assistance. Shit. So, negligence. Damn. It seems. Also, why are you gifting your teenage son a gun? That you know is struggling. Yeah. Well, that's what the prosecuting... It sounds like the prosecution is alleging that, and she's saying that she left the gun in the trunk. Mm-hmm. Is what it okay, sounds like right, to me. Right, yeah. right, right. And then her husband... Apparently, her husband was supposed to... Or her husband was supposed to take it inside and secure it properly. Mm-hmm. In the rest of the article... Well, uh, further in the article, because it's pretty long. Um, let me see. She said... I didn't feel comfortable. No, it was more his thing, so I let him handle that. I didn't feel comfortable putting the lock thing on it. But you just came from the gun range. Yeah. So if there's a gun in your home, every everyone, every adult should know how to work the safe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Period. Oof. Wow. I, I what, don't what, know. What, what are our thoughts? Yeah. I'm 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 really torn. I was waiting on y'all to say something, but we all torn, I guess, because on one hand I don't know. It's just so many different intertwining systems that I see at fault for this one, the school system and how they treat white children and how they let them get away literally with murder. Um, and they, they never face any consequences throughout, you know, K through 12. And so this is, you know, that sense of entitlement and that sense of, you know, free range, um, you know, expression, you know, or whatever, without actually receiving help for it is what kind of like creates this environment where it's like, okay, yeah, I know I can do this. Like I know I can walk up in school with a fucking gun. Whereas I went to school where shit like that didn't happen, but we had metal detectors. So it's yeah. like, what the fuck, you know, mm-hmm. y'all are doing it to all these black schools that are claiming are quote unquote dangerous, but it's like these white schools, they don't monitor these kids, they don't talk to them, they don't count mm-hmm. to them at all. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that. And then it's also, you know, the prison system. Like, what is locking her up? Like, gonna solve like yeah she i mean let's just say she did get him the gun which i I went to school with hella white kids whose mm-hmm. parents gifted them guns yeah. this one kid was like yeah my dad gave me a desert eagle what is that it's like just a big that ass. is insane a desert eagle is a really intense a gun, gun. that's Make bigger than this, a gun that's bigger than this fucking mic like yeah. you know and it's just really oh, powerful oh yeah my dad gifted me like this shotgun or whatever because you know they hunt and right. you know it's like the culture around like i guess like being in a more rural area i can't say that <laughs> and um and then just having guns and it's also like a very right-wing thing too so it's just like that whole culture in itself being unregulated and them not necessarily like 
teaching safety around these guns and then also the, in combination with them not addressing the mental health issues it's like it's like literally a breeding ground for this kid to be able to just shoot whoever he got a problem with mm-hmm. you know and to not really have any help in that way because he probably needed you know some mental health services or something like that but just was nobody gave a fuck and again with the school not notifying her and shit or, or maybe she noticed or whatever i don't know it's just a lot it just seems like a lot of carceral shit and nobody's talking to anybody yeah i think it's very carceral i think that's where i'm getting stuck because i do think that parents are should be held accountable or responsible for what their children do in the world to a certain extent yeah i'm just thinking like when i have kids your kid put they have on my kid i'm gonna beat your ass like your parents are so that's just what already how my mind works in that regard right but i just think it'll that this is a really dangerous precedent to set mm-hmm. yeah. because the people who are ultimately going to be harmed by this are marginalized people. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure, yeah. And um, I even think about like the truancy crimes yes. that they started like really enforcing when kids don't go to school every day mm-hmm. and then they locking up the parents like that. I feel like it'll exacerbate that parents are going to start getting, you know, sentenced to years in jail when their kids get in a fight in the mm-hmm. bathroom and that goes left. Like, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't know. It's intense. Something obviously needs to be done about like how kids are getting support and resources and help in school. And I'm not sure that this is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, I think like maybe with this, and I don't even know if this is true, but maybe with this specific circumstance, this um, new law makes sense. But like what you were saying, Carter, like when you like spread it across all the things that it could apply to it can become really dangerous especially when a lot of young kids specifically young black kids are like in prison for things that they didn't do Mm -hmm. or like you said little petty shit that doesn't even mean anything and now you have a law that allows me to do a two-for-one and throw people into jail for things that they possibly didn't do or things that other their counter their white counterparts wouldn't go to jail for yeah and things like that um with this specific instance <clears throat> i don't know 15 years feels a little wild to me but i don't know i don't know, yeah, and it also, <laughs> I, don't know. I also feel like this is just one of those things where like the family rightfully so wants to blame somebody they yeah. want to get Absolutely. their hands on whoever had a any sort of hand in making this happen and so yeah it was like oh the dad he forgot to lock it up and it and it's just like so much shit happens in the world when we forget to do things like mm-hmm. yeah. yes a loaded weapon is not one of those things that you can take lightly and be negligent with but at the same time they were not the ones who shot your son yeah. so it's like how can we hold them accountable for not storing it for not storing it properly yes they need to be held accountable for that i think that their guns need to be taken away or something and they need to be something on their i don't know rap sheet or something that says that they don't know how to properly store guns so they're not allowed to buy more or whatever the fuck but as far as her going to jail i don't know i it's hard because they also fucking they probably also racist as fuck like you know being yeah. right wing whatever the fuck so who knows what kind of bullshit they were out into this kid right that made him feel that way that created an environment like that right mm-hmm. and maybe that's sad. where maybe that's where the focus needs to be like that's where i don't know if punishment's the word like that's where accountability accountability should go yeah. like what type of environment did this child was this child raised in you knew about his mental health issues and you didn't do anything yeah and maybe that's where the focus needs to be rather than like you're to blame for the shooting you know what yeah. i mean I would love to watch a documentary on this or a docu series because I want I would want to see 
the arguments in court play out. Mm-hmm. I really want to hear and understand like where both parties are coming from, like genuinely. Yeah. Yeah, I saw something and it was like high school boys and high school girls and it was a chart. And it was like uh, high school boys are like becoming deeply conservative mm-hmm. and then like high school girls are becoming deeply radical. So like mm-hmm. you have this one subset of people who are just like, no, let's, let's fuck shit up, change the system. And then you have the other ones who are holding on to an America that they never really had. They were right. holding on to this promise of like this super white, super male-centered America. And so every shooting that's happening, it's the same shit. Like, mm-hmm. even with the beheading, like, he was, like, super Trump supporter and, like, you know, let's get white America back. Let's get it. All these young white men are dying. Like, they're, it's a self-fulfilled pro- prophecy. Y'all are so scared of white genocide, but, like, the ones who are killing all of y'all yeah. for the promise of whiteness that never existed. Right. And so it's just, that's also another thing that's really sad. And I hate that I'm getting older and I'm getting fucking soft because, like, if this was 10 years ago, I'd be like, yeah, fuck him, you know? But, like, he's a kid and yeah. he doesn't deserve you don't deserve to have your humanity stripped from you because you were raised on the poison of white supremacy. You should have a chance in this world and y'all took that from him. So yes, she should be held accountable for that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough. This shit is tough. Complicated. So this is actually, I believe, an update on a story that we did cover in Current Crime previously. Mm. Um, If not, then the three of us definitely talked about it offline. So sorry if y'all missed out on that conversation. But it is um, infant's decapitation during delivery at Southern Regional Medical Center ruled a homicide. This was published uh, February 6th of this year. And it was written by someone over at Box 5 Atlanta. So the Clayton County Medical Examiner's Office has ruled the death of the infant decapitated decapitated during childbirth at Southern Regional Medical Center in Riverdale on July 10th of last year as a homicide. Jessica Ross, 20, was rushed to the hospital in Riverdale after her water broke on July 9th. The baby... Trevion Isaiah Taylor Jr. reportedly became stuck due to shoulder dystocia. Dr. Tracy St. Julian allegedly tried for hours to deliver deliver the child vaginally. Shortly after midnight, the decision was made to perform a cesarean section and the infant's body was delivered. The head was delivered vaginally. Oh, Lord. Wait. I did not know that part. I thought it was like an internal decapitation. Fuck. I thought they meant decapitation as in his vertebrae was severed, yes. but like everything was still attached. That's I what did. I thought. Oh, that makes me feel sick. That's horrible. Oh I, this, my god. I, this was already a horrible, horrible, horrible story, but Jesus fucking Christ. Whew. Okay. Um... The lawsuit claims that Dr. St. Julian did not tell Ross and her family about the decapitation. I'm so sorry. I would have flipped that hospital up. No, everyone's dead. Is this a Southern Regional? Yes. This is the one that you can tell your story once we get to the end. Um, The doctor didn't tell the family about the decapitation when she spoke to them at approximately 5 a.m. on July 10th. The lawsuit also claims the hospital discouraged Ross and the baby's father from seeking an autopsy, saying a free autopsy was not an option for them under the circumstances. Instead, they reportedly encouraged the couple to have their son cremated instead of being sent to a funeral home. No. Mm. When Ross and Taylor demanded to see and hold their child, the baby was reportedly tightly wrapped in a blanket and his head propped on top of his body to conceal the fact that he was decapitated. What? Oh my God. The family was ultimately told about the decapitation by the funeral home, according to the family's lawyer. 
Willie A. Watkins Funeral Home also contacted the Clayton County Medical Examiner's Office on July 13th. The investigation opened... Um, That's down the street from the office. Yeah. Oh, my really, God. Really close. An investigator was assigned to the case and reached out to the GBI to ask for help from his pediatric forensic pathologist team in performing an autopsy, which took place the next day. After reviewing the preliminary results of the autopsy, investigators reached out to the state agencies overseeing the doctor and nurses who were on duty during the birth. The Clayton County Police Department also launched its own criminal investigation. The hospital released a statement um, saying the infant's death occurred in utero prior to the delivery and decapitation. They also said that the doctor who delivered the baby is not and has never been an employee of the hospital. Wait, so they, so they do instant independent contracting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Arrow's about to go off. Like, yeah, that's so random ass bitch. She came in off the road. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, the lawsuit asked for them to be compensated for the suffering and death of the child and the tremendous mental and physical anguish and trauma experienced by Ross, who was awake while the doctor was attempting to remove the baby. Um, it goes on to get into more detail about the lawsuit that was filed against the hospital, the doctor, and the nurses that were involved. Um, several nurses were also accused of gross ne- negligence because they report, p- reportedly did not follow proper procedures once it was determined that a shoulder dystocia had occurred. Mm. Um, they talk more about the medical examiner's office report. Um, they're trying to, it looks like, blame a part of the conditions. Um, so it says other significant conditions contribute Contribution to death included pregnancy-induced diabetes and mature rupture, premature rupture of membranes, according to the examiner's office. Mm. If that was the case, then she should have been notified. Yeah. I feel like there's no reason to hide it if you know that it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't... Precisely. And telling them to cremate the baby is a sure fire, like, sign yeah. that mm-hmm. y'all didn't want an autopsy performed. Right. Um... Yeah, the yeah. investigation is ongoing, and like the title of the article said, it has been ruled a homicide as of now, which means that the death was caused by the actions of another person. So, wow, the professionals were responsible, according to what they have found thus far through their investigation. That is so fucked up. So, uh, we talked about this on the pod before, but I had um I had a procedure to get my tubes tied uh I think it was like a couple years ago. Damn a year ago? I don't fucking know. Damn. I think it was fall before last. Yeah it was fall before last. So it's like wow. a, a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I called the 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 uh place where St Tracy St. Julian works and she was supposed to be my gyno. Mm. Um they had already like set up the appointment and everything, but then they called me and they were like, "Hey, she's not available. Like, you're gonna have to have like this other doctor or whatever." Who oh ended up God. being fucking amazing. She was like fucking perfect. And so when I heard her name in this story, I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, right? That, that's so. It, it's just like surreal. Like, it's just that I don't. I don't know how to even describe that. Like, it's almost like it's like a peek into a different timeline where this person, you know, did this particular thing and. For this to be for for her, for the head to be propped up on the baby, mm. they they weren't even gonna let them hold the baby and not yeah no I'm sorry y'all had to have 
I don't I don't know anything about obstetrics or whatever, like how long a delivery is supposed to take and like all that shit like that. But that is gross negligence at best. Three like, hours sounds wild. Yeah. To have a baby in that position. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, I just did yeah, that doesn't that can't be right. I wonder why they called for a C section so late in the game. And maybe it was because the baby was all already in the birth canal. Yeah. Um, but like that'd be, I mean, it's problematic, but usually that's doctors go to. They, be yeah, they to love to do it. They love it. Get the baby out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I'm really, really shocked that that was not their first choice. This is awful. This is horrifying. I'm like, damn, do I have to find another donor? Cause they about to get sued into fucking oblivion. Oh yeah. That, that hospital is yeah, going to not exist. Yeah. yeah. No. It's about to be named after that baby. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine. I that's so devastating too. It's definitely because losing a child that you want under any circumstances is awful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this traumatic ass, dark ass, fucked up ass situation, and then on top of it, the people who are supposed to be supporting you are lying to you Mm -hmm. and trying to manipulate you. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's a whole nother level of fucked up. Yeah. And they lucky that they took the legal route. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen when they go to jail. Yeah. yeah. But also this is this is very telling because the accountability around like black maternal death and like just like what black women have to go through when they give birth, mm-hmm. it's usually not this much accountability at all. Yeah. So I'm I feel like this sets a precedent, but like this needs to be expanded everywhere. Like they need to do an investigation into all of those situations. Yeah, and it shouldn't have to be like such extenuating circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad they advocated for themselves. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like they was not gonna just yeah take that shit and keep it pushing. Oh, I can't imagine the funeral home like Yeah. Having no idea what's going on in And that. receiving the child. Yeah. Ooh. yeah that just gave me chills. Yeah, that would be so traumatized. All right, y'all, we're going to do one more. Last one. Last one. Okay, so this is an article that came out yesterday, February 6th, yesterday for us, not for y'all. <laughs> and this is on CBS News. The title, self-proclaimed pastor accused of, lead, of leading starvation cult in Kenya pleads not guilty to 191 child murders. 191? Mm-hmm. In Kenya? Mm-hmm. Oh, was he a missionary? Um, we're going to get into it. Oh, my fucking So God. this is something I'm sure will play out. And I don't know if, if the pod's still up and running in a year or two. Maybe we'll do an actual story when you know we get all the information. But this is what the article says. In Johannesburg, the leader of a Kenyan cult pleaded not guilty Tuesday to the murder of 191 children whose bodies were found in, a ma- in mass graves in a forest. Cult leader and self-proclaimed pastor Paul McKenzie was formally charged. I don't sound like no Kenyan name to me. <laughs> the middle name is, is very clearly Kenyan, but I couldn't pronounce it, okay. so I just uh, <laughs> like uh, skipped okay. on over so it. Not it's spelled N T H E N G E. I don't have to look at it. Um, He was formally charged with the murders on Tuesday, along with 29 other defendants, all of whom appeared carefree as they took the dock to stand trial over what many Kenyans have called one of the largest mass suicides in history. 
Mackenzie, who was apprehended in April, preached about a coming doomsday, telling his followers that that through starvation, they would be saved and meet Jesus Christ. He and his co-defendants have all denied any responsibility for the death of for the deaths of more than 400 followers. Oh my God. All of whom were found in mass graves in Kenya's Shakahola forest. The accused slowly sauntered off a black bus outside the courtroom in Malindi on Tuesday morning, handcuffed together in small groups and walked into the courtroom, taking seats in two rows. They all looked relaxed in the packed court as camera flashes captured their faces. Mackenzie sat along. Mackenzie sat among them in a nondescript striped shirt his dark hair a little peppered with gray. He was the founder and leader of what he called the Good News International Ministry. Followers have told their families and officials they believed Mackenzie when he preached that starvation was the path to salvation. He allegedly split members into smaller groups assigned biblical names. It's believed these smaller groups died together and were buried together in mass graves. Investigators who have been working for months already have found many of these graves and believe there are more, many more still to be discovered in the Shakahola Forest. Oh State pathologists have said many of the exhumed victims died of starvation, but some showed signs of strangulation. Eek. The court proceedings had been delayed after a judge ordered McKenzie and the other suspects to undergo mandatory mental health checks before being charged. Hmm. Interesting. A 31st suspect was deemed unfit to stand trial. The prosecutor's office had said earlier that it would be charging 95 people with various crimes, including murder, manslaughter, terrorism, and torture, including the 191 counts of child murder. Investigators and forensic experts continue to shovel the red earth in the Shakahola forest, looking for remains of those still missing. Many families still cling to the hope that the soil will yield remains, or at least clues to their loved one's fate. Investigators have said McKenzie was a taxi driver in the early 2000s before he created the Good News International Ministry. Locals have said he quickly drew followers and fiery sermons at his church on the coast of Malindi, then from across Kenya with his online presence. Several surviving members of the group have told family members that what he preached would often come true, citing as an example his prediction that, quote, a great virus would come just before COVID-19 hit the country. And I, I get how they believed in him after that, because that, that, that's quite the prediction. It did happen. As people struggled during the pandemic, financially and medically, Mackenzie preached about leaving the difficulties of life behind and turning to salvation. As his following grew, authorities became increasingly aware of Mackenzie's preaching, and in 2018, he was arrested over remarks critical of the government. They never prosecuted him and then largely left him alone, unaware of the horrors to come. Family members have said Mackenzie told his followers to join him in the Shakahola Forest, where he offered them parcels of land for less than $100. Court documents allege that in early 2023, Mackenzie told his followers in the forest that the end of the world was coming and they must prepare through extreme hunger. Several emaciated children escaped from the forest and locals alerted the authorities. Police found many followers close to death and took those still alive to nearby hospitals, where medical staff tried to feed the group. Wow. Many refused food, however, and as the situation grew more dire, the the director of public prosecutions charged almost 65 people with attempted suicide for for I'm sorry, for refusing to eat. Prosecuted people for attempted suicide is a choice. Yeah. Wow. Psychiatrists who have been brought in to work with the survivors say it will be a difficult and long road to deprogram many of Mackenzie's followers who still believe what he preached. Holy shit. Wow. That, um, 
Yeah, that's definitely going to be all over the podcast whenever more detail comes out. Because what the hell? Whoa. My thing, I'm not going to say too much because I know a lot of people are religious. My thing is, if God didn't have spokespeople, nobody would be able to speak for him. And that is literally the only reason why shit like this happens Mm -hmm. is because there's no direct communication with this higher power. Mm -hmm. These people can just pop up out of nowhere and be like, oh, I have a message from God. State the obvious. And then lead hundreds of people to their death Mm -hmm. because deprivation is, uh, it just reminds me of Mother God. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the online stuff. Oh my god, yeah. So, this is, I don't, this is beyond comprehension, like how somebody can be brainwashed into thinking that. And this happened, I mean, children. This happened a couple of years ago. And how many cults are still standing? And how the fuck have we heard of this? Right. But it's also really sad to me that, like, he preyed on people who clearly needed resources because he was giving away mm-hmm. pots of land for like the low I guess Yeah, and yeah like we were talking about earlier I don't even know if we recorded this part of our conversation but like it's so easy to brainwash somebody but mm-hmm. it's so easy yeah. especially when you have it's like with an abusive relationship when they have access to you 24-7 when you're isolated from other people when you need what they have then it makes it that much easier and it's so wild to me that I mean, it's not wild. It's shocking that there are so many people that still refuse to eat. Right. Yeah. And still, like, believed all of this stuff. And it's terribly sad to hear that the children are, like, running away. Yeah. Trying to get help. Yeah. And it's like, after all that, y'all are charging them with attempted suicide? Right. Right. But they're sick. They've been tortured and traumatized by this man for however long and their children well some of them are yeah co-leaders are so fascinating to me too because when they get in trouble they like don't care and that is like consistent yeah like, that is they don't the care they be like and right like charlie manson being in prison just like smiling and laughing in court like mm-hmm. what they walked into the courtroom chilling chilling i think after like, a while they actually start to believe that they're gods yeah yeah they because of the shit. power and they're drunk off of the power like yeah mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it yeah because you got 400 bodies on you and you just chilling it's another tuesday what <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Brainwash yourself. Like, that's why. Mm. This was a heavy-ass episode. Yeah, Yeah. it was way heavier than I thought it was going to be. I know. I thought it was going to be light. No, there's a lot of light adjacent. Wild shit going on, I guess. Yeah, when we get all the highlights of the month, I guess. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Maybe we need to be intentional about, like, each of us choosing one that isn't, like, the the marriage one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just a little lighter. He shot at the police. Shop. He shot at the motherfucking police and lived to tell the tale in mm-hmm. another country. He got married and spent fifty million. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that nigga ain't going to jail. He's yeah. going to jail. He probably paid them off already. You know they probably just dragging this out so that nobody don't notice that he gets off the hook for it. Right. But that man ain't going to jail. Yeah. Um. Wow. This is our first current and crime episode of our revamp. Yes. Hey. Let us know what y'all think. Um. As usual, you can find us online at. Ina Killer Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and Ina Killer Pod on Twitter. And you can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us on Apple Music. Anywhere where you get podcasts, except for Facebook, because they're a right wing fucking cesspool. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Bye.